Here I came to Pittsburgh, I brought my own pads and brought my own shoes. Your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, I couldn't stand him, he couldn't stand me, and I wish the hell he'd have traded me. I don't understand what the beef is about. I feared the hell out of him. Like him? No, I didn't like him. And into the man of the year, Frank O'Harris's hand. The most important thing is what we do, and things of that nature. Hey, let us go out there and have a good time today, boy, you know. So on History Corner this week, Little Children's. It's Richard's History Corner. I think most Steeler fans know that 74 was a huge, huge draft for the Steelers. I mean, it just it was phenomenal. But this really started in 1969, Knoll's first, Chuck Knoll's first draft. They had six years of just an amazing, amazing drafts, and that's really what put this dynasty together. So in, in 1969, they drafted in the first round the fourth overall pick, Joe Green, and he became a Hall of Famer. So there were five Hall of Famers picked in that 1969 draft, and the Steelers had one of them. Also out of that draft, there was three Super Bowl starters, John Kolb and Elsie Greenwood as well. Elsie Greenwood, who should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, the guy's absolutely deserving of it. But he was drafted in the 10th round, right? Okay, so 1970 draft, there were two Hall of Famers drafted in that draft, and the Steelers drafted both of them. Terry Bradshaw in the first round, Mel Blunt in the third round. And they also got another Super Bowl starter, Ronnie Shanklin. Okay, so now you go to 1971 draft. There were five Hall of Famers drafted in that draft, and the Steelers drafted one of them. So every draft so far, they have at least one Hall of Famer from each draft. In that draft, it was Jack Ham. They drafted seven Super Bowl starters in that draft in 1971. I mean, that is phenomenal, right? So you go to 1972 draft. There was one Hall of Famer drafted in that whole draft, and it was Franco Harris, and we got, we got him again. We got another Hall of Famer in that draft, and there were three total Super Bowl starters from that draft as well. 1973 was a little bit of a down year. There were four Hall of Famers drafted in that draft. We didn't get any of them. The first time since 69, we didn't get any. Who but was we, it? Who was taken? Who were the Hall of Famers? Or yeah. who were the, oh, I don't know who the Hall of Famers were. I didn't, I didn't uh, notate that. But we drafted two Super Bowl starters in that draft. It was JT Thomas and uh, Lauren Tate, who started Super Bowl 13. So even though we didn't get a Hall of Famer of that draft, we drafted two more Super Bowl starters. Uh, now we go to 74, which is the famous draft. Everybody, most people know about that draft. We draft Lynn Swan in the first round, Hall of Famer. Jack Lambert, second round, Hall of Famer. John Stallworth, fourth round, Hall of Famer. Mike Webster, fifth round, Hall of Famer. Four drafted Hall of Famers, plus we signed free agent Donnie Shell that same year with that same draft class. Wow. Fifth Hall of Famer. So there were five Hall of Famers taken in the 74 draft, and we drafted four of them. I mean, this is amazing. When you look at the, the consistency, how they were able to pluck at least one Hall of Famer out of almost every draft for that six-year span is incredible, really. So what they end up doing is they drafted nine Hall of Famers in that six-year span and 22 Super Bowl starters, which, I mean, that, I don't know if you'll ever see that again from any franchise. That's, that's really, really amazing. Um, and to show you how fast that can that can tumble though in 1975 they drafted um dave brown right who was a really really good player out of michigan he was a corner and i think he played some safety um 
he he played a good he had a good season for the Steelers his rookie year. He did a lot of special teams. He was like a special teams ace for them. Really good looking player. But they were so stacked in '75 that that was the expansion year. That's when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks came in. So they had to leave some players un- unprotected. Well, they left A. Brown unprotected. Seattle scooped him up, right? And then by the time he retired in 1989, he had 62 interceptions, which ranked fifth highest total of all time. And that following year after they lost A. Brown, that draft was so bad in 75, they had no players left on the team. Not one player from that draft a year later was left on the team. So that's how bad it can, it can go. But for that six-year span, I just, just think it's just amazing the draft they were able to put together. Who was the I don't I'm I'm embarrassed to not to say I don't even know who the GM was back then. Who was it? Uh I don't you know what? It, I don't know. I, I know that was Noel's first draft year. Uh, but I don't know who the GM was. I, I that's a great question. I'm not sure we could Google it real quick, but um I mean I don't think it was Kevin Colbert, right? I know he's been there no, a while, but <laughs> No, it wasn't Colbert. Um <laughs> I don't remember. It might even have been Dan Rooney. I was going to say, what year are we looking at specifically? 69. 69, yeah, Dan Rooney, yep. Wow. So 69 to 70, Dan Rooney, uh, 71 to 90, Dick Haley. It's really, really incredible. I mean, especially that, you know, the 74 draft was amazing, but especially the 71, you know, getting seven Super Bowl starters in one draft. It's, it's yeah, just it's amazing. Really, really incredible stuff. And that there you go. I mean, there's there's how you build a dynasty. You know, it is I, I think it really and I agree with it hundred percent. You build through the draft. Yeah, yeah, I mean they hit like that seventy four draft. They didn't even you said they, they hit on the first, second, and fourth round. They didn't even have a third round pick. So their yep. their, their top three picks were Swan, Lambert, and Stallworth. I mean the yep. three absolute legends. Yeah. And then the fifth round they got Mike Webster. Yeah. Amazing. You know? So yeah, just just a you know, phenomenal work, you know, by the Steelers organization. And that's it. That's that's how they did it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you can go back, you know, and see see a team that had such success all at one time and you can trace the uh, the foundations of that to the draft, right? Because mm. not... it, 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 Sorry, go on. No, that, that, what were you saying? I was going to say, it's interesting, though, because when, when I got into the Steelers in the 80s, it was it was a real downtime. And in, in the 90s, it was kind of picking up. But still, I mean, what 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 went wrong? Was it the fact they didn't have kind of outside help from the the GM or, or you know, they didn't have the quarterback? Or what, 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 do, you, what do you think? Well, why did they have those down years? Well, I think, uh, you know, I think a big reason was the quarterback play. We had a lot of mediocre and less than mediocre quarterbacks during that time. Um, I think that was a big reason. And, you know, we had a we had a big advantage in those 70s years with Bill Nunn being one of our one of our scouts. The guy, I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, to be honest with you, because he was checking these smaller black schools that most uh, NFL franchises weren't even looking at. And that's how we're able to get a lot of steals. In fact, in the 74 draft, Chuck Knoll's guy was Stallworth. Chuck Knoll loved John Stallworth. He wanted to draft him first. He wanted to draft him first, uh, 21 overall, where they drafted Swan. And the Steelers scouts convinced him, no, look, nobody knows about this guy. You know, none knows about him because he's, he's scouting all these small black schools that most of the teams didn't even pay attention to. So just wait, he's going to be there later. And that was one of the key things of why this draft went so well for the Steelers, because Noel, you know, give him credit, 
you know, he wanted things his way, but he respected his staff. And he said, all right, I'll wait. And he waited each round. He said, no, wait a little longer. We'll get him. We'll get him. Just wait a little longer. And then by fourth round, 82 overall, they grabbed Stallworth. Wow, that, that must have taken some onions to wait that long. To oh. get some proper minerals. Yeah. But I mean, the, the guy was at Alabama A&M. I mean, that's not, not a massive program, is it, as far as I know? No, it's not. And you know what's something pretty funny? And none, none, none pulled a little trickery in those days because he had, he had all the tape on these guys. He was like the main contact of these schools. All these schools knew about him. So they would give him all the tape they have on their guys because they want their guys to get to the NFL, you know, so they're giving them all the tape. So a couple of the programs that did realize that, hey, we need to look into these guys, they would contact the Steelers. I don't know who it was, to be honest with you. I don't know if it was the Cowboys or whoever, but they would contact the Steelers and contact none and say, hey, can you give us the tape on these guys? And he'd say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have it. So he would, collect, he would collect all this tape and he wouldn't share it with anyone. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fair enough. Competitive advantage, I can understand that. Awesome. I, I, like, I like this as a segment, Rich. Rich's Tales from the Past. Yeah, yeah. History, history Corner with Rich. 